What is it? Feathery, uh, scaly, amphibious, hairy, webbed feet, clawed, crocodile head, dog face? I mean, what else? I mean, one eye? No, two eyes. Stomach with a mouth on it? Starfish? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's some shit we're going to try to figure out here on this episode of Flow, Folklore of the Week. It's flow time, folklore time. You know why I'm a categorize of bovine shit. We're on my co-sign it. This Duke Zaplanko is my co-pilot. Some of these creatures from folklore be so violent. From region to region, we will travel the globe. Either you believe in the heathen, it's a battle for souls. Every week, pre the week, and tune in and capture the flow. Enjoy the jewels I drop along with satin and gold. That being told, it's time to get into these traditions. Customs, ways, religions, and belief systems Amish, satanic magic, and meek Christians Urban legends, superstitions, and even Christmas So bear witness, grant me the floor as I speak More answers are given to you the more that you seek No discrimination, whether rich, poor, or you're weak Learning the curse brings you flow, folklore of the week Traditional beliefs, customs, and stories of a community passed through the generations by word of mouth. It's so unusual to be loved. I don't know the words. Yes, so how are you guys doing today? Welcome back, Flow Squad. I missed you guys. I missed you over the last week. I missed you. But guess what? We're here now. And to all the new listeners, what up, what up? Guess what? Y'all in for a treat. This is Flow, which is Folklore of the Week, which is a weekly series released every Friday, which is brought to you by Learning to Curse, the paranormal podcast. I am your host, Dukes. If you want to get a hold of me about Flow, I'll go ahead and uh, hit up the email, flowsquadltc at gmail.com. Learning the Curse is on all social media outlets, so go at us, follow us, subscribe, rate, and comment. It very much so helps helps us reach more people, and then more people we reach, more people know about us, and then I get to talk to more of you guys and feel like I'm somebody. I'm not playing. <laughs> but anyway, definitely hit us up. And uh, so, yeah, today's topic is not just any topic. I mean, this topic, I went through a bunch of different topics I was thinking about doing. But this one kind of took the cake because I was like, what the hell is that? What is it? Uh, I don't think anyone really knows what it is because basically everyone's account is different. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Today we are talking about the Bunyip, which is from Australia. The Aborigine people, uh, they're... Uh, something that they hold true and say is a real thing it's folklore from down and down yonder and uh they believe it's a real flesh thing okay so it's a real thing they say we'll get to the bottom of it or will we because yeah you'll see but check it out so let me just read a few things i'm gonna read this thing off the australian traveler which breaks down kind of what the bunyip 
supposedly is, right? So it says the bunyip. Don't stray too close to the billabong. Unfamiliar to the sights and alien environment. Early European settlers quickly took to the idea of a bunyip being new, a new creature waiting to be discovered and set out on foolish attempts to find one in the hope of fame and riches. I mean, isn't that what we always do? Or it's for a female, you know what I'm saying? That's what we do. We try to, yeah, I'm cool, right? Anyway, back to the story. To various local Aboriginal tribes, this wasn't the case. The bunyip was a malevolent force that lurked at the bottom of creeks and billabongs, ready to devour anyone silly enough to wander down at the wrong time. At least this was a line used on wayward children, as all folklore usually is, right? Let's move right along, folk. Like any good folkloric tale, the Bunyip legend has been fueled by unsubstantiated sightings and incompatible facts. Bunyips have been reported to have horses' manes, dog faces, Flippers, fangs, tusks, one eye, two eyes, shaggy fur, short hair, horns, and to be variously as big as a horse and as small as a wolf wolf, a dog, right? All very confusing. What we know for certain is that this is one myth that has been embraced by indigenous and non-indigenous Australians alike. Did you know? No, you didn't know because you haven't read this yet. But did you know? Some say the legend of the Bunyip stems from Aboriginal ancestral memories of the Diprotodon australis, a three-ton bear-like creature that was the biggest marsupial in existence before it became extinct around 40,000 years ago. That is pretty much what it is. That's what this site says, right? So, what do we gather from that? That a lot of its characteristics pretty much contradict each other. How does it have long hair and it's short hair? How does it have flippers but then it has claws? How is it big yet it's small? How does it have a crocodile head and a dog face? I mean, the list goes on and on of what this creature in one case, as you'll see later on, they say it had one eye and it had a mouth on its stomach. I mean, come on. I mean, so are all these creatures the same creature? Or are all these creatures different creatures? But then again, if we look at what the name Bunyip means, it means demon or spirit. So, maybe they all are Bunyip. Why? Because... There's more than one spirit, more than one demon, I'm pretty sure. So maybe anything that was harmful to the aboriginal people, they called it a demon. So anything that was harmful or anything they saw that was harmful to them or scary or they feared it because they had no knowledge of what it really was, they called it a bad spirit or a demon, a bunyip, right? So maybe all of them are. So maybe it's not one specific creature, but a, a plethora of creatures that are brewing in the stew that is Australia. Because we all know Australia has some crazy creatures, but I'm getting ahead of myself. 
let's move on to uh, some more information here. Uh, let's look at what uh, good old our good old pal Wikipedia has to say about this subject, right? All right, so the bunyip is a large mythical creature from Australian Aboriginal mythology, said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and water holes. The bunyip was part of traditional Aboriginal beliefs and stories throughout Australia. While the name varied according to tribal nomenclature, in his 2001 book, writer Rob Robert Holden identified at least nine regional variations of the creature known as the bunyip across Aboriginal Australia. The origin of the word bunyip has been traced to the Wemba Wemba or Wagaya language of the Aboriginal people of Victoria in southeastern Australia. Europeans recorded various written accounts of bunyips in the early and mid-19th century as they began to settle across the country. You know how they do. You know how they do. They be spreading. But the name, let's get back to the name. So, the name bunyip is usually translated by Aboriginal Australians today as devil or evil spirit. This contemporary translation may not accurately represent the role of the bunyip in pre-contact Aboriginal mythology or its possible origins before written accounts were made. Some modern sources allude to the linguistic connection between the bunyip and bunjil, which we'll get into here in a minute. Actually, let's get into it right now. Shoot, while we at it. So Bunjil. In Australian Aboriginal mythology, Bunjil is a creator deity, a culture hero, an ancestral being, often depicted as a wedge-tailed eagle or eagle hawk. In the Kulin Nation, that's a dope name right there. K-U-L-I-N. The Kulin. What up, you Kulin? You Kulin, man. Like, shout the Kulin out. But anyway, in the Kulin Nation in central Victoria, he which is the bird, was regarded as one of the two Moiti ancestors. The other being Wah, the crow. <laughs> Bunjil has two wives and a son, Bimbil the rainbow. His brother is a Palian the bat. He is assisted by six Wyrmums or shamans who represent the clans of the Eagle Hawk Moiti. Jart Jart, the Nankeen Kestrel. Thera, the Quail Hawk. Eucopi, the Parakeet. Oh my God, Parakeets get love in this. No one loves her. No, come on now, Parakeets are not awesome creatures. They are low on the totem pole. Anyway, let's get back to this. Larguk, the Parrot. Wallert, the Bushtail Possum. And Euron, the gliding possum. Was it fly? It's like a it's like a flying squirrel. Anyhow, let's look that up real quick. I wanna see. I wanna know what kind of animal this looks like. Fucking gliding possum. Stupid ass name. It doesn't show no picture. It says there are many different types of gl uh, gliding possums, sometimes referred to as flying phalangers or simply as gliders. Sugar gliders? Yeah. It says it says feather tail glider, greeter glider, mahogany glider, squirrel glider, sugar glider, and yellow belly glider. So I guess it's of that family. New Guinea gliders, biak glider, and northern glider. Let's click on the feather tail glider. See what it looks like. 
Oh shoot, that's a that's a sugar glider, all right. Okay, so basically, that's a possum. I never knew that they were considered possum. Learn something new every day, especially here on Flow. You know how we get down. But back to the story at hand. Back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm gonna let them understand from a young G's perspective. Let me get back to this. I right, I'm getting off track. Okay, so anyway, so my point is, I have something to say. These Aboriginal people, they really love their birds because all these deities and whatnot were 90% birds besides these flying possums, which are also flew. So I guess they really, they really uh, worshipped things that fly, which, which kind of coincides with something that I heard many years ago and was confirmed by other people such as Chuck and other people that talked to me about the same subject is the fact that uh, there was a plane that flew over uh, Aboriginal uh, Australia way back in the days when they had like bi bi wing planes and stuff right and um I guess it, it flew over or it dropped there and dropped some like you know food and whatnot to them and you're like holy crap this is like God and they started worshiping it and every year on that same day or whatever they would like build this plane this effigy or whatever the, of a plane I think they burned it right so my point is like they believe that that's God or whatever or that was like something they worship because it brought them something nice so my point is I wonder if that caused them to like flying things or if they already like flying things and that added to their prophecies or whatever you know what I'm saying it's a good thing to try to look into yeah now yeah now yeah now okay so let's get back to this uh back to this bunyip right so like I said there's a connection between the two a mythic great man which is what the bungeel supposedly was who made the mountains and rivers and man and all the animals basically god right the word Bonyip, spelled B-A-H-N-Y-I-P, which just to uh, let you know and differentiate, the Bonyip, as you can see on the episode title, is B-U-N-Y-I-P. So it's a little bit different variation in uh, spelling. First appeared in the Sydney Gazette in 1812. That's a long time ago. It was used by James Eaves to describe a large black animal like a seal. So now it's looking like a seal. That's weird. With a terrible voice, which creates terror among the blacks. Among the blacks? That's not racist. Terror among the blacks? <laughs> foul. That's foul, man. Not talking about the Navy SEALs, is it? Anyway, by the 1850s, Bunyip was also used as a synonym for imposter, pretender, humbug, and the like. So basically it's like a bad word, like anyone's a piece of shit, they're a bunyip. I'm gonna start telling them off as you fucking bunyip. See how they how they think about that shit. I think I know a couple bunyips now that I think about it. Imposter, pretender, humbug, yeah. I know a few of those motherfuckers. Bunyips are amongst us, they're living amongst us right now and they may have two eyes. Because I'm pretty sure the ones that I know have two eyes. And some of them might even look like Beaker from Muppet Babies. Others may look like, I don't know, a walking thong. Just make shit up. Back to this. Alright, let's see. In the broader Australian community, it was known as these things. The term bunyip, aristocracy, aristocracy, was first coined in 1853 to describe Australians aspiring to be aristocrats. In the early 1990s, 
more recent times. I, I, I can I can relate to this time, right? 1990s, early 1990s, Prime Minister Paul Keating used this term to describe members of the Conservative Liberal Party of Australia opposition. Damn, he was like, y'all motherfuckers is some bunyip ass niggas, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, he was he was calling them some foul stuff basically. You don't want to be called a bunyip, I'm guessing. You know what I'm saying? From uh, what I've learned so far. The word bunyip can still be found in a number of Australian contexts, including place names such as the Bunyip River, which flows into western Port Bay in southern Victoria, and the town of Bunyip, Victoria. I mean, I'm just saying, if, if that thing, that creature, was so scary, why would you name a river that? People ain't gonna come to your river. You're not gonna get no money off tubing. I mean, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So I'm just saying. Characteristics. Now this is where it gets kind of hazy, right? As we spoke about in the intro and in the intro intro, right? Descriptions of bunyips vary widely. George French Angus may have collected a description of a bunyan in his account of the water spirit from the Murundi people of the Murray River before 1847 stating it is much dreaded by them it inhabits the murray but they have a bunyip carved but they have some difficulty describing it its most usual form is said to be that of an enormous starfish what the f now it's a starfish now you see what i'm saying this thing is like what is it or what are they because it's not one thing. And this is a transformer. More than meets the eyes. This thing is not one thing. So, the Chalicum Bunyip. An outline image of the Bunyip carved by Aborigines into the bank of Fiery Creek near Ararat, Victoria, was first recorded by the, the Australasian newspaper in 1851. According to the report, the Bunyip had been speared after killing an Aboriginal man. Antiquarian Reynold Raynell Johns claimed that until the mid 19 excuse me, until the mid 1850s, Aboriginal people made a habit of visiting the place annually and retracing the outlines of the figure of the Bunyip, which is about 11 paces long and four paces in extreme breadth b-r-e-a-d-t-h that words ugly i would never use that word again anyhow the outline image no longer exists robert broth smith's aborigines of victoria 1878 devoted 10 whole pages to the bunyip but concluded in truth little is known about the blacks respecting its form covering or habits they appear to have been in such dread of it as to have been unable to take note of its characteristics now i think i get the connection they call the aboriginal people blacks oh i see how it is always gotta be about race the bunyips presumably seen by witnesses according to their descriptions most commonly fit one of two categories 60 percent of sightings resemble seals 
or swimming dogs. And 20% of sightings are the long-necked creatures with small heads. The remaining descriptions are ambiguous beyond categorization. The seal dog variation is most often described as being between 4 and 6 feet long with a shaggy black or brown coat. According to reports, these bunyips have round heads resembling a bulldog, prominent ears, no tail, and whiskers like a seal or otter. The long-necked variation is allegedly between 5 and 15 feet long and is said to have black or brown fur, large ears, small tusks, a head like a horse or emu. I'm pretty sure horse and emu have different kind of heads, but anyway, an elongated maned neck around three feet long and with many folds of skin and a horse-like tail. The bunyip has been described by natives as amphibious, nocturnal, and inhabiting lakes, rivers, and swamps. Bunyips, according to aborigines, can swim swiftly with fins or flippers, have a loud roaring call, and feed on crayfish, though some legends portray them as bloodthirsty predators of humans, particularly women and children. Like it was like, sniff some, Oh, you're a dude. I'm not going to eat you. Oh, you're a female. I'm going to eat you. Oh, oh, children, children, bring me children. It's, it's crazy because a lot of these uh, stories has to do with women and children. Uh, but anyway, bunyip eggs are allegedly laid in platypus nests. Now, let me just throw out there real quick. Earlier, it said it was a mammal, but it is laying eggs. Yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone for now. Now, there's a debate over the origin of the bunyip. Non-Aboriginal Australians have made various attempts to understand and explain the origins of the bunyip as a physical entity over the past 150 years. Writing in 1933, Charles Fenner suggested that it was likely that the actual origin of the bunyip myth lies in the fact that from time to time seals have made their way up the Murray and Darling Rivers. He provided examples of seals found as far inland as Overland Corner, Loxton, and Conargo, and reminded readers that the smooth jazz 95.5 KYOT, Coyote, not playing, but the smooth fur, prominent apricot eyes and the bellowing cry are characteristics of the seal especially southern elephant seals and leopard seals another suggestion is that the bunyip may be a cultural memory of extinct australian marsupials such as the diprotodon like i said earlier the zygomaturus nototherium or the palorchestes Something like that. This connection was first formally made by Dr. George Bennett of the Australian Museum in 19, or excuse me, Rick it, Rick it, Rick it, 1871. In the early 1990s, paleontologist Pat Vickers, Rick, and geologist Neil Archibald also cautiously suggested that Aboriginal legends perhaps had stemmed from acquaintance with prehistoric bones or even living prehistoric animals themselves. 
When confronted with the remains of some of the now extinct Australian marsupials, Aborigines would often identify them as Bunyip. They also note that legends about the Mihran Paringmar of Western Victorian Aborigines um, may allude to the extinct giant birds of Dromorathenidae in a 2017 very recent Australian bird life article Carl Brandt suggests aboriginal encounters with the southern cassowary inquired the myth according to the first written description of the bunyip from 1845 the creature which laid pale blue eggs of immense size possessed deadly claws powerful hind legs a brightly colored chest and an emu like head characteristics shared with then undiscovered australian cassowary as the creature's bill was described as having serrated projections, each like the bone of a stingray. This bunyip was associated with the indigenous people of far north Queensland, renowned for their spear tipped with their spears tipped with stingray barbs and their proximity to the cassowaries Australian range. Another association to the bunyip is the Australasian bittern. During the breeding season, a male call of the marsh-dwelling bird is a low-pitched boom. Hence, it is occasionally called the bunyip bird. See what I'm saying? Now, let's go ahead and move forward to something that uh, really changes things up, right? Really, really takes it to the next level. Alright, so, Hume find of 1818. One of the earliest accounts related to the large unknown freshwater animal was in 1818 when Hamilton Hume and James Meehan found some large bones at Lake Bathurst in New South Wales. They did not call the animal a bunyip, but described the remains indicating the creature as very much like a hippopotamus or manatee. The Philosophical Society of Australasia later offered to reimburse Hume for any cost incurred to recovering a specimen of the unknown animal. But for various reasons, Hume did not return to the lake. Ancient Diprotodon skeletons have sometimes been compared to the hippopotamus. They are a land animal, but have sometimes been found in lake and water or water course. So there you have it. And there's more too, like the Wellington Cave fossils of 1830. Basically, there's been many times where bones were found that they said this could be a bunyip, right? And they kind of resemble other old creatures of dinosaur age, right? So maybe, because Australia, as you know, has crazy animals that we don't have really anywhere else. They, um, there's a good chance there's some dinosaur style animals that probably lived longer than they did everywhere else. And maybe that creature does exist or creatures because i'm sure a starfish flying around like a pokemon star you or whatever is not probably what it really is let's just keep it real right just keep it real right okay so that's all i have for that part but i do have something else right here for you okay some more uh, traits what people said the bunyip looks like some of these are you already heard some of these are gonna be new but they're a water dwelling monster um they're scaly snake-like feathery Horned, bearded, head of crocodile, face of dog, tail of horse, tusks, 
horns, flippers, dark fur coat, long claws, power hind legs, giant starfish water spirit, one eye mouth on stomach. Like I said, the bones were found and uh, it's said to have supernatural powers. What these powers are? Don't know, but they have powers. Seems like uh, most people would say they have powers. But anyway, no consistent description has been stated. Anyone who gets close supposedly dies. That's why, you know, all the accounts are kind of scattered as far as what it is. And, and as we did last week, they thought it was a one-eyed animal. But it probably was a two-eyed animal they only saw from the side. So that's why they're probably getting accounts of one-eye or two-eye. Because it depends on perspective, right? So there's that. Um, anyone, okay, so there's a booming howl to warn of doom. If you hear that, boom. Better run for your life, yo. That thing's about to tear you a new a-hole. But yeah, that's pretty much that. So now, as usual about this time, we're going to move forward into speculation. Now, before I heard about the crocodile crocodile head, just from everything else I was hearing, I was thinking, it's probably a crocodile. Crikeys, right? There's a crocodile. It has a long head, elongated head, right? Boom, scaly, whatever. Okay, so that thing is by water. Jumps out, hits you, and comes back in the water. You'll get much time to see it before it's back in the water. So there's a great chance that it could be a crocodile. Also, as stated, the manatee does look kind of like a seal. It's like half tail fish weird thing plus flippers. It's kind of mammal looking and I think they legs. I don't know, but there's a great chance it could be a manatee. It said it was said in one, at one point to have um, but yeah, yeah, anyway. So anyway, like my point is there's a lot of different things that are here. I mean, how can you, like I said, mainly if I had to guess what it could be, it could be one, a dinosaur from the old days that are still around and eventually probably died off. Or two, it would be a crocodile. Three, it could be a hippo. I mean, a hippo could definitely be what it is. Um, also a manatee or a cross between a few of those. But this whole one-eyed mouth on its stomach that I'm not so certain about. That seems like some stuff out of a movie. So I'm not so sure if I uh, co-sign on that one. But that's what I think they could be if I had to guess uh, based off of what I've heard so far. But it's hard to say that it even exists due to the fact that there's so many different variations. And if it does exist, are those all different things or is it all the same thing? And like I said earlier, it, they call it a devil or an evil spirit. It could be everything you know what I'm saying so in a way it, it does exist if it's an evil spirit to them but is it an evil spirit or is it like dragons back in the medieval times it wasn't a real dragon it was just a forest fire or a hurricane or a tornado anything that was uh harmful to human beings they considered it a dragon and they had to send someone off to stop it right so my point is uh dragons existed in that way so evil spirits exist in this way so all those things could be evil spirits. If they kill people, if you get close to the water and a crocodile eats you, that's fucked up. If a hippopotamus eats you, that's fucked up. If a manatees, I don't know what manatees do to you, hump you to death? Do they eat people? I don't think so. But whatever, they, and this is the biggest, biggest thing. One account says they're, they're uh, 
their diet is crawfish. And then someone else says, no, they eat people. That's a big jump. Crawfish to people? That's like saying a vegetarian is gonna eat a pork chop. This just make no sense. Like that's a big jump. Like if it needs human beings to, to live, it's not gonna eat a few fucking crawfish and be happy. It's not gonna satisfy it. So that's something to think about, right? Now, I'll let to ask you guys, what do you think it is? Do you think it's real? Do you think all these accounts are the same thing that just shape shifts? Or do you think they're different things? Do you think it's evil spirits? Do you think it's their way of explaining all the things that can kill them? Is it their way to keep their kids uh, obedient? What do you think it is? So go ahead and hit us up at flowsquadltc at gmail.com or go to any of the Learning to Curse social media and let us know what you think. Right? So please do that. Please do that. We like to hear from you. Moving along, uh, post scale. This is really hard because I mean it's because it's so much different things. It's really what some of it could be true, some of it might not be true. I believe it exists. It's high existence as far as something exists. I think they're finding things that were scary to them. Like if I was to go out into the mountains and a mountain lion attacked me, but I escaped, I'd be like, yo, there's a there's a a demon cat out there and it tried to kill me it exists it might not be called a demon cat and i might have said it had four heads because it was moving so fast and swiping at me it had like 20 arms okay but it didn't have that so it didn't exist as my mind perceived it to exist but the creature exists so i think something exists it's a high probability that something exists or some things existed that they call demons but as far as all these characteristics being on a character one creature again is very low well because this well check this out because this one has bones that they can't describe of any animal they know of um that they found that resembles it that makes it more believable than if there was nothing a lot of these folklore have nothing this has something and this little something is more as they said it has more believable than than uh than bigfoot because bigfoot they have nothing proof wise they don't have a bones of a dead body of a, of a of a bigfoot so this has more than that so my point is that gives it a little bit more probability than if it was nothing that it does exist that coupled with the fact that i believe they're seeing something but they don't know how to explain it i say it is high moderate probability that's my uh for the protopo that's what i'm gonna say it is and uh let me see if there's anything left unsaid well i'll, I'll post up some pictures of this creature um, well i mean <laughs> they all gonna look different but yeah now so that is it for today folks or this week and i want to thank you guys again for tuning in and uh yeah i'm gonna move on out moving on up to the east side but uh you know what time it is you know exactly what time it is i was trying to stall a little bit make y'all like you know get some suspense but it's time for the flow of the week <laughs> kangaroo milk 
Australians love it, who doesn't? Well maybe this crazy bunyip Human meat but crawfish went on a budget It has feathers and scales, I bet it's nuts itches Body shape changes like prepubescent teens Ugly as can be, I've seen some better things The way that it screams, something of your wettest dreams This dark children seems like a pedophile to me It hangs out around rivers, ponds and streams And possibly has a dog face and lives in poverty It's gotta be one of the most unidentified creatures It's like try guessing at least 10 of my features Ten of my features, come on, guess ten of my features. I bet you can't guess ten of my features, cause I'm always changing. Looking ass, <laughs> ugly ass creature, man. Yo, <laughs> oh fun dip, bun yip, Paul Bunyan ass. But anyway, much props, flow squad, love y'all. See you guys next week.